The epistle for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, chapter 8. Brethren, I reckon that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared to the glory to come that shall be revealed in us. For the expectation of the creature waiteth for the revelation of the sons of God, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him that made it subject in hope. Because the creature also itself shall be delivered from the servitude of corruption and to liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that every creature groaneth and travaileth in pain even until now, and not only it, but ourselves also. Who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption of the sons of God, the redemption of our body, in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the Holy Gospel, is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 5. At that time, when the multitude pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And going up into one of the ships that was Simon's, he desired him to draw back a little from the land. And sitting, he taught the multitudes out of the ship. Now when he had ceased to speak, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said to him, Master, we have labored all the night, and have taken nothing, but at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a very great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned as their partners that were, to their partners that were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they were almost sinking, which when Simon Peter saw, he fell down at the knees of Jesus, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was wholly astonished, and all that were with him, at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were Simon's partners. And Jesus saith to Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And having brought their ships to land, leaving all things, they followed him. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. And having brought their ships to land, leaving all things, they followed him. Words taken from today's Gospel, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends, I want to begin by telling you about a pope, a bishop, and a pious custom. The Pope was Pius XI, who was Pope from 1922 until 1939. Well, the bishop was a bishop of France, whose name we do not know. But this bishop, as we are told by a certain Capuchin priest, was making his ad limina visit to Pius XI. The ad limina visit was that visit that every bishop of a diocese was required to make to the Pope every five years in order to give the Holy Father a personal report of the spiritual and the temporal welfare of his diocese. But at the end of this visit, this French prelate asked the Holy Father to bless some silver medals. The bishop then explained to the Pope the custom that he had introduced 
of thanking the mothers at the altar steps immediately after the ordination of their sons to the priesthood. Before the Te Deum was sung, the bishop would call all the mothers of the newly ordained into the sanctuary. He would thank them in the name of Holy Mother Church for giving up their sons to leave all things to follow him. Now, he would then give each mother a silver medal, which he told them that the Holy Father had personally blessed. The silver medals had the picture of the Madonna and the Christ child on the front, Our Lady being the mother of the first priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. But on the reverse side were engraven the words, the bishop of the diocese of, to the mother of father with greatest gratitude. Pope Pius XI blessed the medals, but he was so deeply moved that he said to the bishop, Next time, you thank the mothers also in my name. And as the Holy Father walked away, the bishop heard him say and repeat the words, the mother of a priest, the mother of a priest. I am sure some of you are aware that Bishop Kelly many years ago, introduced this pious and beautiful custom of thanking the mothers of the newly ordained priests of our congregation. This he did to express his gratitude to the mothers of the newly ordained and to acknowledge what an honor it truly is to be the mother of a priest. And this we still do today at the celebration which follows the ceremonies of ordination to the priesthood, the mother or the mothers of the newly ordained are called up to the head table where they are presented with a gold medal bearing the image of the immaculate heart on the front and their name and the words mother of a priest inscribed on the back. Now among the events recorded in today's gospel is the closing scene of the apostles Peter, Andrew, James, and John leaving all things to follow Christ. This occasion was their call to the priesthood by Christ. And thus the apostles left all their worldly pursuits to follow him. And since the time of the apostles, our Lord continually calls and chooses his disciples to follow him in the priesthood. He called a St. Gregory Nazianzen and St. Basil the Great from the school of philosophy in Athens, Greece, He called a St. Augustine from a life of worldliness and sin to repent and to follow him in the priesthood. 
He called a St. Francis Xavier and a St. Francis Borgia from the court of a prince. He called a St. John Bosco and a St. Pius X from a life of poverty on the farm. Christ the high priest chooses those whom he pleases from all walks of life for his priesthood. The greatest blessing and the highest honor that God can bestow upon any family is when he calls one of their sons to serve him at the altar. Many families deem it an honor when their sons have prestigious university degrees or very successful careers. But these and other worldly honors pale in comparison with the holy priesthood. This is so because the very fact that a priest shares in the dignity and the power of the holy priesthood of Christ, which priesthood will endure for all eternity. While all earthly honors, all worldly careers are one day coming to an end. What a glorious calling it truly is when our divine Savior says to a young man, Come, follow me, as he once did with the apostles. And what a happy and blessed privilege it is to be the mother or the father of a priest. For a priest truly is, as we say in Latin, an alter Christus. That is, another Christ. But I must say as well, my dear friends, how great a blessing and privilege it is for a Catholic family, especially today, when God calls and chooses a young woman or a young man to serve him in the religious life as a sister or a brother. Today, though, my dear friends, perhaps more than ever, we need priests. But unfortunately, there seem to be very few men who answer that call. You know, I've been at Immaculate Heart Seminary from the very start. I have been a priest of the congregation of St. Pius V for just over 20 years now. And I can say, when all is said and done, as I have traveled to the various chapels all over this country that we priests serve, I can say that there have been and still are so few among our young men who have come. How do we begin to explain such a thing? Well, in 1935, Pope Pius XI published an encyclical letter titled On the Catholic Priesthood in which, among other things, he blamed worldliness 
in the home as the cause for a lack of vocations. And by worldliness, he was not talking about parents who were gravely negligent in the practice of their faith. He was not talking about parents who did not attend Sunday Mass and nor did their children. He was not talking about parents who did not receive the sacraments regularly. Pius IX was speaking of Pius XI was speaking of Catholic parents who were poisoned to some degree by the attachments to the things of the world. For it is a fact, my dear friends, when parents give their children unrestricted and unrestrained use of material things, such things today as iPhones, smartphones, iPads, video games, and movies. There will be no vocations to the priesthood or even the religious life of a brother or a sister. For Christ himself said it very plainly in the gospel. He said, where your treasure is, there also is your heart. And if your heart is in material things or in worldly professions and honors in the first place, then we can forget about a vocation. A certain Jesuit missionary priest named Father Edward Goresh, who lived in the mid-20th century, He wrote of this, homes that are full of faith and fervor, where parents are good Catholics, and where religious influences are strong. Such are nurseries for vocations. But homes of bad Catholics or worldly Catholics, he said, give no children to God. On this first Sunday of the month, our Vocation Sunday, we ask that all offer their Holy Communion for vocations of the priesthood and religious life, and we will pray after Mass our Vocation Prayer. And our intention is among the young men and women to leave all things and follow Christ is that our Catholic parents will make their homes truly Catholic homes. That our Catholic parents will instill in their children a devotion to the Sacred Heart, a great love and appreciation for Holy Mass and Holy Communion, a love and respect for priests and religious sisters and brothers, and a true devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And may all of us here then pray for vocations of the priesthood and religious life. And finally, I close with the beautiful and inspiring words of Pope Pius XI. Blessed, he said, are those parents who are able to accept without sadness 
the vocations of their children and see in them a signal honor for their family and a mark of the special love and providence of God. Still more blessed if they make such vocations the object of their earnest prayer. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.